Hello, Internet, and welcome once again to the always online multiplayer gaming podcast brought to you by MMOBomb.com, your home for all things multiplayer related. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, as always. It's Friday, May 13th. Happy Friday the 13th. We're doing the show live, of course, twitch.tv slash MMOBomb. Typically start at 1 p.m., but had some technical difficulties. So we're a little behind schedule, but that's all right. We'll still be streaming after the show and everything. Doing our usual Friday stuff. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on iTunes or Spotify, of course, head on over to MMOBomb.com. That's the one that pays the bills. Leave your comments, check out some games, review things for other people, give them your opinions on all the latest and greatest in multiplayer gaming, and of course, read all the wonderful articles, interviews, first look videos, and everything else we put up there. It's much appreciated, but wherever you're watching, give us a like, give us a follow, Feed that algorithm, and if you like what we do, of course, tell your friends. It's easy, it's fast, and it's cheap. In fact, it costs you nothing. We appreciate it. Joining me, all y'all, <laughs> all y'all joining me this week. You got to be here for the pre-show, which today was longer than normal. Uh, <laughs> Ms. Quit- Ms. Quitlin Bowers, a.k.a. Q, what's up, y'all? Dude, I'm finally done living life as a red mage. Oh, you've hit 90? Oh. I, I have. I've completed all five roles and, you know, spit, got to hang out with Emmerich and do it and just need to finish the end role stuff. And I, I, I no longer have to suffer being a red mage. Oh, suffer. I love red mage. Oh, I, I hate it. It's mage. fun. It's fun. That's so bored. That's my second I, main black mage uh, and red mage. <laughs> Black mage and yeah, red you'll mage. see you like those casty classes though. I play I do. dancer and, and and dragoon. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you do, you do. I, I play the bouncy classes. Joining us, also, we're going to talk about a little bit fourteen today, Final Fantasy fourteen. So it's only appropriate to have Mister Anthony Jones on. What's up, sir? Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Thank you for having me back. Well, I'm we know we, you here. figured you know you were here once, so we might as well have you back. No, you did a great job. Yeah. So did Aspen. We're totally happy with everybody uh, new. And if you aren't checking out the articles that these cats are writing, you're missing a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. But how are you this week, sir? I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Um, this week has been significantly better. Better time management. Um, <laughs> I still got the the tech problems, but um, besides that, everything's been good. Yeah, it's been going good. Been going good. Yeah. We like our we like our new our new staff. We hope you do too. Lots of positive feedback in the the comments after some Jason Winter or summer guy stopped working here. Uh about Anthony and Aspen. Everybody's liking both of you, bringing different takes to everything and we certainly love it. Oh, Jason Winter's in chat. He's happy to finally have some talent on the show. Get rid of that Winter guy. <laughs> All right, let's slide over and get started with the news, gang. Here we go. All right, everybody wants to know where your cat's at, Anthony. Where's your cat? We haven't seen the cat yet. She's hiding. She's hiding. Somewhere. (laughs) She might be under the couch. She might be somewhere in the kitchen. You we'll, know, somewhere. we'll see her at some point. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably see her. All right, so uh, this past week, there was kind of a, I don't know what you want to call it, a little bit of a blow-up over on the Final Fantasy XIV front of things. 
If you're somebody that uses add-ons or has partaken in an add-on discussion, whether it be ACT, whether it be something like G-Shader to improve graphical performance, whether you're using some little add-on to uh, help with your unit frames or visibility of things, you know, just the whole gamut. And uh, it's important to note here that Square Enix and Yoshi P and team, they haven't changed their stance on any of this, right? They have always been not allowed. And if you get caught uh, using them, you will be suspended and maybe even banned for repeated offense uh, offenses. However, uh, it's kind of come to a head over the last week, and we're going to talk a little bit about it today. If you want some more in-depth discussion about this specific topic, check out last night's The Relic Grind over on Ready Check Radio. We spent an hour and 20 minutes diving into all aspects of this discussion. But Yoshi P did take to the Lodestone queue to kind of put up a post saying, hey, you're still not allowed to use these. Uh, but we do want to make sure that, you know, if there are things some of these are being used for that, you know, for example, UI improvements that we might want to consider putting in our game, uh, we need to review those. But we can't give a list of like, here's the okay ones to use and everything isn't don't have the rule. Kind of reticent to install any type of like cheating software or whatever to detect if there's any third party things running and just shut it down that way. So they've always been kind of happy to stand on this. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I can't see what you're using, but as long as you're not using anything that's like full-blown cheating and interacting with the software and teleporting your character and, and stuff like that, which we would be able to detect, you know, if somebody reports you, you run the risk of getting banned or suspended. But what we don't know doesn't hurt us. And now I think that mentality might be biting them in the butt a little bit on this whole process. I mean, I think the the biggest issue that they have with it right now, right, is that they're um, worried that at least for the higher level content and, you know, ACT and all of that stuff, that uh, people using it, uh, that the people who don't use it feel like they have to in order to keep up. Yeah, right? and then they do have the whole sidebar discussion of consoles can't use them at all and does it create an uneven playing field too? But I mean, like, it, it, it's funny because um, the the way they're addressing it still is kind of like, you know, uh, basically what we don't know won't hurt us. So the rules of Mod Club are don't talk about Mod Club. And then, of course, you have the people who were literally, um, we were watching somebody uh, yesterday, the day before, and they're streaming and their entire HUD is super fancy and different, right? Like it's so blatantly obvious that they're modding that it's like, of course you're gonna get busted because you're showing people what you were doing. Like, um, yeah, it's kind of but, turned into a Twitch witch hunt in, in yeah. some respects in mass reportings, forms that make things easy to mass report different streamers and things like that. And it's hard to be like, Obviously, I don't want this weaponized, and that's what it's become. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the community has kind of weaponized this reporting tool. But also, by the same token, Anthony, you got to go, you knew the rules, baby. You, you knew the rules when you decided to boot up today on stream. Yeah, the rules. You know, it's so funny because 
like Q was like like Q was saying, like they kind of teeter this line. Like they they don't want to just be like you know, hey, you can't do it. But at the same time, they're like, hey, you know, you can do it, but we won't we won't say anything. But <laughs> I mean, I Yoshi like- P's been coy on live letters <laughs> with this like smirk, saying almost exactly yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's been like that, and I feel like Ultimate was basically like the the last straw. Like people people see it, and I don't know. It just became this thing where because the majority of players don't mess around with add-ons and stuff like that, but people who are kind of the higher content they are, there's kind of like this, this disparity of like you know people don't want to see it. But people who use them, it's a there's a there's an advantage to using them, and I feel like Yoshi P sees that. Like there is like some use of, of using add-ons, but you know he works for a company. You know he's gonna say the things that the company wants him to say. <laughs> I feel. Well, and they um, also don't want to get caught in that yeah. trap of now you have to basically develop around them. Not that you right. have to acknowledge what they do, but that you do have to take them into consideration. And I know this mm-hmm. is separate from Final Fantasy fourteen, but World of Warcraft has Dragonflight coming out, and we've seen more and more about it. And Ian Hazacostas actually did an interview with Asmund Gold, and, and say what you will about Asmund, that's not the point in, in this discussion. Uh, whether you like him or, or, or not doesn't really matter. You, you have to appreciate the question, though, of, hey... Do you take add-ons into consideration because like things like deadly boss mods or big wigs or weak auras and and things like that have changed the game for better or for worse might be your your own individual opinion in World of Warcraft does the team take that into account and and Ian even said Q yeah we we have to basically we we're, we're at the point where if we don't take those things into account and we just design uh, a raid encounter for example without conceptualizing or thinking through how most of the big add-ons that people would use for this interface with that, then the content would be a lot easier. Uh, It it would be destroyed faster. And so the obvious follow-up question becomes then, have you ever thought about integrating some of these things into game and then just shutting down the rest to which Ian says, we're, we're stuck in a, a tough spot right now. Like, if we want to say, hey, this piece of this add-on is going a little too far in the information it's giving a player for a raid encounter, let's disable that. But in the process of disabling that, they may have now broken 15 other add-ons that may not have been displaying that piece of information, but interfaced with that piece of information in some way, and now unit frames are broken, or this is broken. Uh, and so they're stuck in this weird development spot because of the adoption of add-ons over the years and how far they've gotten into the API. And Square certainly wants to avoid something like that, I'm sure, and also stave off the whole because I'm sure they get support calls of, I got a virus using this, and somebody's like, well, that's not uh, that's not ours. We can't help you. Uh, <laughs> you know. So it is a very, very weird spot, but uh, you got to say that, Square's kind of done it to themselves. Um, maybe an all-or-nothing approach is the best way to go at this point. I don't know. We'll get your opinions on it uh, and just shut them all down. But without some type of equitable enforcement mechanism, is that even a realistic option, Q? I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I do think the idea of 
and and they kind of said they're gonna sort of do this but it makes me curious as to what things they're going to deem worthy of of you know like fixing UIs and stuff like that because there are things like anybody who's played the pvp knows right that you can combo keys there there are key combos in xiv but only in pvp right so if you're playing dragoon you have you're basically playing a freaking piano to play dragoon going up and down like 10 keys to do a, a rotation right when a lot of that stuff procs itself and you could just turn it into a key combo which would be super useful for accessibility reasons for people who have carpal tunnel or arthritis or, or whatever. If it were like, implemented outside of PvP. If it were right. implemented in regular play. And it makes more sense to me that it be implemented in regular play because that's the part that doesn't really affect a lot of people. Like in PvP, if it were, you know, like it would give you an advantage if only one person was using it and another person wasn't because you're actually competing with each other. But if you're out running around doing story content, what does it matter? right like like that kind of thing um and of course you know they're like well we don't want to do it because it makes it you know it, it takes the fun out of it or whatever and it's like not for everybody it does not so make it an option make it an option that you can turn on and off you know fine but then you know they have other things that other people turn on to make things easier like things to identify um who like instead of seeing nameplates it just tells you this person's a summoner or this person's this or this person's whatever that makes their life easier and which of those things count, right? But then you do have the outside stuff like ACT, which will sit there and tell you exactly what move you need to make <laughs> as, as things are happening. Like it's just, there's a little voice that tells you, do this, do this, do this, Yeah, do the, this. the raid call outs uh, and things like that. So, yeah. I mean, but it, it is a matter of figuring out which of those things they should apply. At the same time, and this is hilarious, they're so vague about it that members guild uh free companies are kind of i've seen a couple of free companies that are leery of doing recruitment now because their recruitment involves hey come join our discord and yoshi p had apparently said that you know technically discord might count as third party software under you know like that whole vagueness so yeah I, I think that i think that argument's intellectually unfair you know that's but, i think a bit of a little red herring to try and 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 push the argument now, in a different direction sometimes now they're afraid mm -hmm. to recruit because they don't want to tell people oh you have to join our discord right like right. they're they're literally go holding back on recruiting people because they don't want to say you have to join our Discord because they don't want to be reported for being like you have to join our Discord and everybody getting in trouble for it. Like it's such a weird situation that people are afraid to recruit people to their free companies now. Like so I, I obviously I don't want to I, I want everybody to get their their opinion here because add-ons are used in other games too. We have chat telling us about ESO, which yes, and I have used a number of ESO add-ons on this stream uh, for unit frames and and stuff like that to change my UI. Uh, that's not even a game that I I think I have a damage meter installed for ESO, but only because it was part of the UI thing that I had downloaded. So. It wasn't like I went and sought it out. Uh, I've never felt the need uh, to use one extensively in Final Fantasy. I did use ACT a little bit back in the day when it was like first getting started to see exactly how well it worked because I came from Recount with World of Warcraft and I wanted to kind of compare it. And 
I, I, but the crew I run with, it's just not necessary. Like we do the content at our own pace. We're not going for world first or anything like that. We just, we just don't care. We didn't have the DPS to kill the boss. Fine. I, I really don't care if it was me or if it was you, Anthony. Let's have another week of gearing and we'll come back next week. So, but that is my personal perspective from a, a casual, yes, we clear the hard content. Yes, it's probably a few weeks behind, you know, uh, more progressive guilds, but that works for us. Um, so I don't really have a dog in this race. I use G-Shade, yeah. I used G-Shade for a while, particularly. I, I did use it in Final Fantasy fourteen at one time, but I had it installed because I was using it with Windower in Final Fantasy eleven because that game looks like garbage and I wanted it to look a little <laughs> better, you know? Uh, and then I was like, oh, I could use G-Shader in Final Fantasy fourteen too. And a lot of the content creators do that for, you know, enhanced machinima uh looks or gpos stuff and yeah anyway i don't really have a dog in this race because i don't care if they want to ban them all and install a cheat then make sure i'm not using them sure i i, I don't care if they want to create their own api and say look all add-ons can interface with this information in our dedicated api which we will keep updated if you interface with anything else we will use this software to detect that and ban automatically. If they want to open up the floodgates and let them all, I don't personally have a dog in this race. I don't care. What I do care about, though, is that it's equitably enforced. And right now, and since 14 has come out in A Realm Reborn, Anthony, it has not been equitably enforced. It's always been either somebody caught you on stream and uh, from Square Enix and they took immediate action, which we've seen progressive raiders thrown in jail live on stream over the last, and then it's been by the community. Or somebody was stupid and threw a parse in chat in the game to make somebody feel stupid for doing low DPS and got themselves reported. I feel like if you want to enforce this, great, but you better find a way to do it equitably that doesn't depend on player reports being the be-all, end-all. Because that's only going to get you the ones that piss somebody off enough to report, not address the actual problem. But yeah, you may I think, but you may feel differently. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that because for such a long time, fourteen has try to like i said teeter that line and it has done it to itself it has done it to itself by uh, kind of playing this game of like you know hey you can do it but you can't do it but if you decide to take it away i feel like there really is going to be a step up when it comes to ui and just like what types of support the game can have and maybe that's something that can be explored over this next supposed 10 years of Final Fantasy 14. Um, because I mean, it's, it's relatively like a game that's been kind of kind of railed a certain type of way for such a long time. And maybe this is that point in time to where they can change things up to make things a little bit more player centric. And I mean, you got things like the adventure cards and everything else. So I feel like there's a lot of growth system wise that Final Fantasy 14 still needs to go through. And I feel like this is just one of those things like housing that needs to be changed. So. I'm going to ask the tough question. Is something like a DPS meter actively right now because it's not supported in the game queue? Is that cheating to you? Like, I think a reasonable person can look at a list of add-ons and say, oh, this one's made for teleporting your character wherever the hell you want it. Yeah, that's cheating. 
Um, Discord, okay, having voice communication, I, I think is a far stretch from being called cheating, but is something like a DPS meter uh, that is relatively innocuous, it's informational, and let's not talk about it being weaponized to abuse a player, that's a whole different category of why you're gonna get reported. Uh, if everybody in the world first race is using them, then are they cheating? If you aren't one of the 64 people in you know eight different free companies or, or whatever that is uh, participating in world first, then what do you care? Uh, it's not, PvE is, is not competitive in any real way in Final Fantasy besides that first world first race. So what do you think? Is something like a DPS meter in this environment as it stands today, does it fall on that gray line that they're talking about? They don't have the staff to parse what is okay and what is not? Or is it just like, hey, it's, it's informational. As long as you're not abusing anybody with it, it's fine. Or does it statistically give an edge that could be considered cheating in your mind? So it's it's funny because beyond the what first three groups or whatever that get the world first, everybody else is just going to get their complete when they get their complete and they'll get their weapons and be done. And like, you know, um, even pro like even just like a couple of weeks right before the the new ultimate came out lots of people were still doing tea for the first time to just get you know just get get their weapons and everything and get it done and that's been out for however long so i mean it, at, at beyond the first three it's kind of like this trickle effect and i i feel like because it is pve and be, beyond maybe the first three groups that get it it's really not the most competitive thing in the world anymore at the end it's did you get your weapon and did you get your title okay you're good right kind of deal um like it, it is a tool that, that 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 they just use to improve themselves and it doesn't after watching people just bang their head against some of this content even with those things i feel like it doesn't necessarily give them a major advantage because at the end of the day it's still you and the group that you're playing with and everybody actually knowing the 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 mechanics more you know more than anything else yeah. And there's there's so many bits and pieces to it that I just don't really feel that it's that it, that it's giving them that much of advantage over anybody else doing it. A, f a few points in chat yeah. that I think we should bring up, Anthony. Uh, so one, I'm and Mike, you're missing the fact that DPS meters are toxic by default. People will abuse people with it. No, I'm not missing that fact. And and no, I would disagree. DPS meters are not toxic in and of themselves the people using them are toxic, but that's semantics. I'm not missing that. I'm setting set that aside for a second because the reason you would report that person, while yes, you could weaponize the system and say they're using add-ons, the reason that you are ultimately reporting that person is because they were toxic. You know, that's the, the, the reason that you're getting them. I'm not missing that, just saying you would report them for a different reason. And by the way, they're using an add-on, which is a violation of the terms of service. And yes, as far as the terms of service goes, they're all cheating. They're all banned. They're not able to be used. This is this question is more the host's individual personal opinions on them right now. Uh, Anthony, what do you think? Where do you fall on the scale? Because there are some people that are ban all add-ons, ban mm -hmm. them all right now, and just solve the issue. 
yes, you're going to piss off a small percentage of your player base ultimately. And yes, they're going to be vocal about it for a little while. You know they are, but you mm -hmm. don't have a better solution right now. So implement a cheat yeah. guard upon boot up that just shuts them all down, baby. That just shuts them all down. Then there are other people that do want that approach of, if it's changing the UI to make things prettier and give me chat bubbles, what do you care? Why on earth would that be considered a bannable offense so that I can see chat bubbles? You have the both ends of the, the spectrum here. And then the, I guess the far side of the spectrum, which I would assume even fewer people are on, is like, make it the Wild West, do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am... I am in the camp of banning the the mods, the add-ons. And the reason being, it kind of goes back to what Q just said about, you know, when it comes to like content, it really boils down to like the person who is playing that character. Like that's one thing I can say Final Fantasy 14 does pretty well. That any type of like group content, it really just depends on each individual each individual person's like part in this dance of mechanics and so on and so forth. So I feel like it's, I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be there. And yeah, sure, you're going to piss off some people. But like you said, it's a minority. The majority of people, they don't use add-ons. Even I don't. But I mean, that's just my opinion on it. I feel like the majority won't use them and the majority won't be affected by them. But the, the majority will be affected by whatever, you know, new changes come out of it. And then, you know, slowly, the people who were pissed off can kind of, you know, start using those new things that Square Enix starts to put in because, you know, that's terms of service right there. Yeah, and then you do cross into this really ultra gray line, which we went into more detail in, in the Relic Grind queue, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, is that whole accessibility issue. And I'm not talking about approachability for difficult content. That's different. I'm using accessibility in the term it's in, in the, the format that it should be used, and that is people who need some type of modification or extra thing to, to just be able to simply interact with it, whether that be bigger unit frames than the game by default will allow because of some type of visual impairment, whether that be audio cues that aren't necessarily baked into the game because of some hearing issues they have. You mentioned specifically Carpal Tunnel and comboing keys, which I think, based on the way they're doing some stuff with Gunslinger, will eventually get there. Uh, but we aren't there right now. Now you start to tread in that really gray area of if you say it's okay for those reasons, all right, but you can't possibly police that to make sure that Q actually has some type of visual impairment, and that's why she's using these, not because Mike just likes bigger unit frames, even though he can see just fine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's a thing too, right? Because the player base of this game is getting older, and eyesight for a lot of people is getting fucking worse, right? Like, it's, it's just, I, I saw something, I think it might have been on Tumblr or something like that, and somebody was like, hey... Not not related to a game, but just related to computer use overall. You know, like we're all getting older. Here's a little trick: make your your freaking pointer bigger on your screen so you can figure out where the hell your pointer is at. Like, right? So there's there's those kinds of things too. Like your player base is getting older, and if you plan on keeping the game around for another freaking decade, and all of these people are still there, right? You have people like in their fifties and their sixties, or you know what? Like 
I, I the eventual goal, I guess, is to be having people who are in their 70s and 80s playing this game. So you need to accommodate for those people. But on the topic of like not a few a lot of people use the mods on on when when it comes to I think the higher tier content, not just talking about but like talking about ultimates, at least on my server, although that community is so so small, they all know each other's names. Right? Like they they're 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 just You're talking about so the people competing for like world first and stuff like that. Not even people competing for world first, people just doing ultimates straight up. It's such a small community, they all know who each other is. If they're doing ultimates, you will have the people who will hop in for like a week or two and be like, oh, I think I'll try this ultimate thing. And then they just disappear. And what you have left is the people who will literally spend, you know, all the hours banging their head against the wall right. doing ultimates. And it's such a small group that yeah. they all know who each other is. And, you know, like, down to, like, oh, I've blacklisted this person because I just don't like them or whatever. Like, <laughs> they're they're mm. that, like, it's that small and tight-knit of a community. So it's already a very small group in that area, right, You trying to use that stuff anyway. Um, which I think also, at least to me, makes a little bit of a difference. Because, again, what they're doing is not affecting me. All right. I'm doing is normals. And, and, and I don't. I definitely don't need a DPS meter to do normals. I just go right. in and bash the thing's face, and I'm done within like a couple of minutes. Right. And and Jared brings up a good point: is that not only does it become a rabbit hole, saying, "Okay, do we police who's using this uh, uh, add-on for accessibility reasons versus who's just using it because they like it?" But just which add-ons you allow to fall under that access uh, accessibility umbrella starts becoming a rabbit hole of its own. All right, color scheme fixes for people that are colorblind and the colorblind fixes in the game uh, don't meet the needs because there are some accessibility options for that, but maybe not for your particular situation. It starts becoming, you start to see really quickly that can there be a benefit to some add-ons? Sure. But is it possible for Square to police them the way they say they can't? I 100% believe that they can't, you know, they don't have the resources, Anthony, to sit there and go through every possible add-on plugin or that is built and say good and bad, which then sadly, whether you work for Square Enix and think add-ons are great or not, you kind of come to the conclusion that you have to have this stance of none of them are allowed, which they do, but the enforcement mechanism for me has always been super inconsistent, and that's really where my only problem lies at this point. Yeah, it, the enforcement has really came off as like it, this came off like kind of like they they don't want to upset anybody. But that's the thing you can't please everybody, <laughs> and I feel like Yoshi P. I feel like he's starting to understand that because there's been some blunders. Ever since I would say in Walker, starting from the, the delay, like there's been blunders and the community, they're very, the, the thing about Final Fantasy 14's community is like, sometimes there are certain conversations that people have that are very outspoken. And this is one of those things that are just very outspoken on. And there has, I feel like it could have been, it could have been handled way sooner, way earlier. And it could have been, um, you know, just, just handled better. And I feel like now just needs to be the time to put down the foot. You'd be like, hey, no, this isn't happening. And 
if if there is going to be some form of like um inspiration from off of these like add-ons but like a like a square enix version in the game there needs to be like a poll or some type of like um discussion with players because you know yoshi p is you know pretty well known to you know discuss with different content creators and you know have these uh live letters i feel like there needs to be a discussion in those live letters to kind of you know clear out the room a little bit because right now everyone's you know witch hunts you know twitter is like a playground for <laughs> conversations to you know just go crazy on each other so, yeah, and and it may <laughs> you may not agree with their stance, and that's fine. Like you may yeah. think add-ons should totally be allowed, and they should regulate it. But the stance they've taken is they're not allowed. They've never been allowed. If we catch you, we're going to ban you or suspend you. Uh, or if you're reported, we're going to ban you or suspend you. And I'm sorry, we don't want to hire the resources to sit here and regulate these. We're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. But now, if you're if you're going to take that stance. Y my only gripe with that stance is your enforcement mechanism needs to be consistent then. And right now it's not. Right now it's right. not. All right, let's move on and talk about a little finances, a little bit of finances around the board. It's weird talking finances without Jason Winter. No. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully hopefully he's more interested in it than I am. So. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about EA real quick. They did really well. Uh, I'm sure you're shocked by that. EA did really well on the back end of uh, yeah. major restrictions and stay-at-homes and stuff like that in 2021 into 2022. Uh, and uh, Apex Legends did finally crack that $2 billion mark. That is astounding for a game that freaking YOLO launched <laughs> when <laughs> it literally just threw itself out there. And we've got Apex Legends Mobile coming out next week, May 17th, and they already had strong mobile performance. Uh, this is just going to absolutely crush it, isn't it, Anthony? I mean, they're going to they're just yeah. going to swimming in dollar bills. Yeah, and you know the thing is, I <laughs> EA has been in this very uh particular spot and they really owe it to Respawn. Respawn has done so much justice to this game and just like the narrative the the characters like i mean it's like it's like as if overwatch never left and <laughs> this is the next overwatch tori and the chicken just, in chat apex <laughs> is the best game i have ever hated it's so boring even though it's really good <laughs> <laughs> but i mean there's just so much love around this game and it just goes to show that you know hey Respawn has poured so much love into it, and this is basically, you know, this is their game, and they're, they're earning off of it. And for it to go to mobile, like, it's going to be earning way more, like, way more, because the mobile market is so huge now. Yeah, I they are just, they're going to $2 billion since it dropped. $2 billion. Billion. And it's not like it's doing some additional monetization that other games in its genre just don't do. It's just doing everything all of its competitors do, do on that front, but they actually have an environment where people want to spend money <laughs> because yeah. they've created that environment. Uh, it's pretty damn impressive. Nexon is kind of pleased with its first quarter of 2022, even though Q, it might not have been as high as they, uh, they rode during the major portion of the pandemic stuff. 
Yeah, but they expect like in, in Q2 and stuff for it to get back up to where they were at. So they're still pretty happy. Yeah. I mean, so you're saying they're sitting there like y'all are dumb and still keep going and spreading this pandemic. Your ass is going to be yeah. home giving us money soon again. I mean, they did have other sources of income and everything though, like the Lunar New Year package for Dungeon and Fighter and apparently Dungeon and Fighter is a very popular mobile game. So that's Again, another one that isn't even out here in the West yet. Right? That that's doing really well for them. So wow. like all these little things. So it's just that that kind of stuff ticking over and they're like, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> like it, it it's all gonna be good. It'll be as good as last year. So Konami. We don't talk about Konami a lot here. Because there's not a lot in the multiplayer portfolio for Konami. Occasionally, they leak in here with stuff like eFootball. <laughs> multiplayer pachinko. <laughs> eFootball. They had an amazing financial year. Like, one of their best in a long time. And Anthony, it's mm. all because of your boy Yugi. Your boy Yugi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Konami. You know, I'm going to have something to say about them later. But Konami, to me, they just, they don't want to be a revolutionary studio anymore. They want to play the long game. They want to invest the money. And the pachinko machines and investing in Yu-Gi-Oh, the card game, which, I mean, it, it might be very fun for the people who play it. But the microtransactions are really is what's really pumping up those sales. And... I feel like they don't want to take the risk with like, you know, going back to those older IPs that, you know, people have been wanting them to go back to. And I don't know. We, I just, I just we might have crazy. we might have one Konami title that we're talking about on Gaming Gumbo tomorrow night over on Ready Check oh, yeah? Radio. Oh, yeah? There might have been some <laughs> images leaked this past uh, 24, 48 hours that, you know, maybe would have just been considered. Are they real or are they not until Konami swept in? with copyright DMCAs and basically just validated the entire league. <laughs> but yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, just killing it. Want to know how much? They increased their operating profit by more than 100%. Wow. By more than 100%. Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, free to play. I, you know what? I'm not a huge... I do play TCGs. You all know I'm not a huge Yu-Gi-Oh! guy. In fact, I never really learned the rules besides sitting down with a couple of friends and screwing around after we were done playing Final Fantasy TCG at Locals each week. I jumped into Master Duel. I learned quite a bit about the game so that I knew what the hell I was talking about for the first look video. And even I walked away going, you know... Even if you don't like the game Yu-Gi-Oh, you gotta respect what they did with this software. It is really, really well done. The microtransactions are balanced well. The only complaint I gave it on microtransactions were if you don't know Yu-Gi-Oh, the, the TCG, don't spend any of those that currency that you get off the bat or that you accrue through playing through your stuff because you're gonna get a ton and you'll be able to build a couple of meta decks, but you need to get online or get with a friend to find out what you should actually use that currency on instead of just blind spending. That was my only gripe, was that there was so much there, hang on to that freebie stuff, uh, which they were very generous with. Very, very, I mean, they killed it. They killed it. And I, I, I said this during the first look, as an FFTCG player, Q, I looked at that software and I was like, 
Come on, Square. Come on. <laughs> Give me a digital version of my damn game. Let's go. There's no reason. Rapid fire news. I'm going to give you guys uh, some snippet pieces of news, and I want your gut reaction. Rocket League voice chat has returned. This was a feature back when it was on Steam. It was disabled, so you only had the quick chat option, or if you were on the same platform, you could manually type to people, but no voice chat. It is now back in the game as of this week. Obviously, not everybody thrilled with this one. Uh, immediate concerns on the Twitter announcement included just the basic harassment of women that we see in a lot of games in the online space, and then more specifically, members of uh, LGBTQ plus communities expressing concerns with harassment as well, and questioning how Psyonix was going to enforce things here. There is a report function for it. There are limitations that you can set on who you can hear you and who you can hear, or you can just disable it entirely. Gut reaction cue, voice chat back in Rocket League. Is it really necessary when we have stuff like Discord where we can actually control our interactions with people and shit? Like, is it is it really necessary to have voice chat built into games? Uh, well, so... Uh, <clears throat> so here's the thing, though, with that. When you are doing a game like Rocket League or one of those competitive and I'm you're just if I'm going to sit there and play with you and Anthony then no obviously I, I just will hop on Discord and we'll play Rocket League but when you are queuing for random match after random match after random match and communication certainly facilitates progress even between two strangers for that match whether it be Rocket League or Apex Legends or or any type of competitive game I do see the argument that why it's in there. Yes. Yeah, because I don't want to queue up for a five-minute match and never ta never run into you again in any queues ever, but have to exchange Discord information with you so we can chat for those five minutes, you know? I mean, that's for Although I do PvP and other stuff, and for stuff like that, I just don't... I just don't talk to the other people. I just do my shit and leave. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to just type hi, but I have to. So hi, y'all. Been binging on the pod, and this is my first time catching it live. Love y'all. We love you too, Fecal Francis. <laughs> I was just gonna I didn't even look at the name when I saw that. Yeah, I was just I was gonna just type high because I had just shot in front of Konami taking forever to get uh Rocket League Digital. But yeah, I was like, yeah, with that name I gotta say hi. Anthony, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down, voice chat Rocket League returning. I would say thumbs down. Thumbs down because I think Aspen really wrapped it up really nicely. You know, this is an E-rated game, and people are toxic as hell <laughs> when it comes to competitive sports. And there, I feel like they're there. It shouldn't be there if it was gone in the first place. You know, don't bring something back that wasn't good in the first place. Well, in, in defense of that decision, it was because it was garbage when they first implemented it. <laughs> now, I was not playing yet, but going back and watching older videos of content creators, it was garbage. That's why they took it out. I mm -hmm. like the comment on this one coming from Old Glory in chat commenting on Aspen's article. Magic Man probably loves this feature very much. Uh, you're wrong. Magic Man disabled <laughs> that shit the minute it went live. <laughs> I got into Rocket League in the afternoon. It wasn't live yet. I went into the settings and looked for it. And then I had shot it down, was doing some MMO bomb, MMO bomb stuff. Came back later. It was live. And I'm disabled. I shut that off. I had one dude... <laughs> 
in a game where he made I passed it to him. He shoots it, and I said in quick chat, "Nice shot." And the dude types to me. He sees I'm on PC. And he types to me, "Don't talk. If you can't afford a mic, I'm not talking to you." <laughs> the mic I am talking into is a four hundred dollar mic. Get the hell off my computer! I abandoned matched and left him there. <laughs> It was ranked. I was like, oh, I'm going to be out for five minutes. That's fine. I'll go pee and have a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your D rank. Resident Evil Reverse might actually still be a thing. As we were supposed to get this game back when Resident Evil Village came out. This is the PvP shooter portion of Resident Evil. Kind of disappeared for a while. But Anthony, we now have a recent rating from the European Peggy board. And uh, potential release on Stadia because of the this is where we're seeing all of this from. And uh, it might still be alive. One, interested in it. And two, does anybody care or is it like too late now? <laughs> like, I'm a huge Resident Evil guy, but even I'm like, uh, I might have played this when I played Village, but I beat Village. I've been done with that for a while now. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's too late. Like in in the beginning, I feel like it was a interesting idea, you know, a Resident Evil multiplayer. I mean, that's that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool, but I feel like if you just release it by itself now, it's gonna be weird. And for the time that they're trying to like supposedly release it in July fifth for Stadia, for well, Stadia is 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 dying. Like why would why would you release it on Stadia? And then there's been no news on the PlayStation, Xbox, and PC front. And I just feel like it's gonna be, it's gonna end up being a, a failed project. I feel like it needs some type of like, uh, some game to kind of go with it, or there needs to be some type of like, um, hype around it, because there has been nothing marketing for it has been silent. Like it just really just fell off the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah, Old Glory commenting here too. Old Glory, thanks. Thanks for visiting the site and commenting on these articles. I did reply to Old Glory on the article too. Didn't Stadia announce that project is not in development anymore? Uh, development anymore? Or do I remember things wrongly? They shut down the game making internal division for it. They did not shut down development of the Stadia or the product itself, but they shut down their own internal video game making studio. Happy birthday to Fantasy Star Online New Genesis Q celebrating one year, which made me go, holy hell, it's been a year already. I mean, that was my reaction. I, I, I <laughs> put it there. It, it was like the first fucking sentence. <laughs> like, I don't know how it happened, but apparently it did. <laughs> uh, are they doing some stuff? Are they doing like celebration stuff? Of course they're doing stuff. I mean, they've they've already been, what, celebrating, what was it, the nine-year anniversary or whatever? Yeah, um, for PSO2. And, and it's, a, you know, mm -hmm. across both games and everything or whatever. But, yeah, so they're doing, there's pretty fest, festive stuff in the different areas. And there's, you know, some general events. Of course, there's, you know, festive-looking rappies because there's always festive-looking rappies. That Jason still um, wants to eat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, it's like a chocobo. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> they might be tasty. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's going to be special items the players can pick up, including mischief symbols. And then there's the whole uh, captain, not 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 with an I. Yeah, not captain. Uh, it's captain. Captain. Um, that'll be appearing in all sectors for everybody to try to kill. So, you know, just 
you know, the, the general stuff that, that be they on the lookout. Be on the lookout. Activision Blizzard still trying to be anti-union. Hey, imagine that. Trying to dissuade people as the Raven software ballots are already mailed out and uh, presumably will be rolling in since that vote will take place. Uh, May 23rd is when they'll be counted to see if they can greenlight a union. And yeah, yeah, Blizzard's been apparently telling the company that, hey, you know, it might be harder for us to do these projects and and you know it could significantly impact the entire company and uh yeah as these ballots are going out all kinds of union busting tactics trying to go on there uh they told the washington post hey these tactics that blizzard using they're disappointing and ineffective (laughs) ineffective ineffective that that is the word there because honestly I just feel like at this point in time, there's 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 been there's been the wave of like you know employees in uh, the game industry wanting to be more uh, more represented, and I think it's just now to the point where like they're just tired of the the corporate bullshit, the PR stunts, all that stuff, and I I hope I hope that there is no determinant for them to vote how they want to vote. You know whether that's yes or no. Um, I just feel like at this point in time, there is there needs to be some type of like repercussion on Activision Blizzard for what happened to the Q and A testers at Raven Software. They're also Blizzard taking flack along with many many other gaming companies right now for not having a stance on the current Supreme Court Roe v. Wade uh, decision. I I should say pending decision. I guess since it's not officially a released judgment yet. Uh, we've had companies like Bungie and and a few other major game companies and some smaller ones uh, chime in and make public statements uh, against the the court's presumed decision to strike down Roe v. Wade. Blizzard not among those, so taking flack for that as well as as are many many companies in the video game industry who have kind of just stayed mum on the whole topic. Uh, Tori the chicken saying the whole anti-union thing used to or anti-union seems seems very american is that the case it's very corporate american yes it's absolutely very corporate american to shut down and try to union bust um it is generally not the view of the masses uh if you put it to a straight vote uh just like with anything there are pros and cons both ways but most people will probably err on the side of there are more cons than pros to having a union, so let's go. Uh, finally, League of Legends is going to be getting a huge patch. It may have already gotten it. I didn't check the date. I apologize. Changing the durability of every champion because who loves to do you like doing a lot of damage and blowing things up? Yes, but turns out when champs die fast, the game is not a lot of fun when you spend more time respawning than actually playing it. So instead of reducing damage because that feels good, they're just going to give everybody a durability buff. So look for that. Uh, oh, and by the way, I didn't put it here, but Q, real quick, Slipknot and Smite, the partnership nobody saw coming. <laughs> I mean, though, honestly, if anybody was going to do it, it would be, well, not high res. Now, Titan Forge, sort of high res. 
because the very what the like the second tournament or whatever I went to one of the things they did is give everybody a copy of like a heavy metal CD as part of your goodie bag so <laughs> I mean it, it feels like a very high res thing to do to just slip you know something like that into a game oh Gloria someone who lives in the EU union busting from corporations feels like illegal action from corporations uh, a lot of it is a lot of it is is flat out illegal um, gotta catch them Got to catch them. Uh, they're allowed to tell you, hey, we don't think you should vote yes, and here's why we don't think you should vote yes. They're not allowed to, like, threaten you and, and like, do all kinds of, you know, uh, retaliatory things. And, like, there are regulations on what a company can and can't do. Uh, but the problem is most of our politics is bought and paid for. So, yeah. And on that cheerful note, let's go ahead and do the weekly bombs. Uh, Anthony, we're going to let you go first since you kind of already teased where you might be going today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, on the subject of Konami, like I was saying earlier, I want to say a bomb to them because as a studio, they have really dropped Metagear Solid. They've done some weird NFT things with Castlevania. They've, they've just kind of just went on this whole Marco transaction trend. And while it might be balanced in the Yu-Gi-Oh game, I feel like everywhere else, they're kind of like just squeezing the memories out of those IPs. And I just don't like what they're doing with them. And I feel like just like how Square <laughs> sold off um, Tomb Raider, they need to sell some of their IPs. Maybe somebody else can do some more justice to them. Why would they do that? They need to own the rights to be able to use big boob Castlevania ladies on the back of their pachinko machines. No. It's what they need. That's where that cash comes from. Uh, I'm actually going to mention Konami in mine too. <laughs> but I'm going to give a dub bomb to the EA and FIFA relationship ending breakup. It was very sad to see. You know, they, I mean, they're still going to take care of the children, which is the important part. Uh, they're going to try and remain friends at the company picnics. Uh, it's going to be, you know, a bit a bit unusual. It's been 30 years since EA and FIFA have uh, gotten into bed together that night. Uh, FIFA now at this point plans to look around and maybe make its own game. And EA obviously has already expressed that they're going to pursue partnerships with individual clubs. They just can't use like the 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 overarching FIFA branding and everything. So at the end of the day, I'm going to give this a dub on because I think it should lead to some more competition in the football slash soccer space, uh, which is probably good considering that Konami basically stabbed pro evolution soccer in the heart by making it eFootball and then launching it the way they launched it as eFootball. Kind of because I am a, a little bit of a soccer fan when it comes to video games. So I like this breakup. What do you got, Q? Um, totally nothing to do with Konami. <laughs> I'm giving a bomb to the XIV housing being nearly fixed. So now people can, you know, well, starting Monday, people can come and get their, their plots and maybe we'll actually see houses popping up in our nearly empty ward, which is going to be a little weird because we've been in it so long without anybody else mm. being there. <laughs> From, finally a home. Finally a home. Uh, from viewers in chat, Jason Winters says, A-bomb to Yu-Gi-Oh forever. 
He's so so bitter. So bitter. <laughs> so some things never like he's been off for a month and a half now. He thought he'd think he'd be a little happier. Uh, nah. No, no. Tori the Chicken says, A bomb to Rocket League for thinking I suck. I got total noobs for all matches in the placements. Won 10 out of 10, got placed in gold. Well, congrats on hitting gold. Yeah, the, the first time you do your placements, it can be a little rocky. Uh, Takao says, A bomb to Yoshi P for not being swift and merciless to any and all mod users from the jump. We don't need this game devolving into WoW. Ninja Panda says a bomb to the water pipes in the kitchen for springing a leak, but it's now fixed. Well, thank, thank goodness it's fixed. Uh, Big Bounce says to bomb to Ryan Reynolds. You'll have to be here for pre-show if you want to understand things like that. <laughs> Old Gloria says to bomb to Anthony for providing us longer pre-show, and I wish him not having technical difficulties next time. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from the viewers, Leanda says I'm a fan of Legends of Aria's move. But I also got early into NFTs. I don't think it's for everyone, but I'll be playing. And I, want, I really made sure I wanted to put that on. Yeah, well, you took seasons off, which did you play after when free to play at all, Tori? Because if you didn't, there was a mass season reset. And we started again at season one when it went free to play. That's probably why it treated you like you had no MMR at all when you started. Uh, and so I wanted to make sure I put Leanda's comment in here. Thank you for giving us a counter opinion to what all three of the hosts that week, last week, you know, happened to to all agree on with uh, Wilfredo, Troy, and I. Sometimes all three of us agree. Sometimes we don't. That one we did. So I wanted to make sure uh, that I got your opinion. Yeah, I mean, if you're into NFTs, then this is probably a good move for Legends of Aria. I will tell you, stay tuned. Because uh, the Legends of Aria team did watch last week's free-to-play cast. Uh, and um, Joseph Rubin... Hold on, I want to get the... I know the name changed, and it's escaping me just in the moment of doing the show. Uh, Joseph Rubin, the CEO of Reaper Games, used to be Blue Monster, so that's why I wanted to check. The CEO of Reaper Games, the team that now took over and owns Legends of Aria as well as, you know, their other Realm of Etheria game that they're doing as well. Uh, they reached out and said, hey, we'd like to come on the podcast and talk to you guys about it, you know, uh, and kudos to them, right? I mean, they're, they're selling NFTs and things which generally aren't positively received by the gaming community at large. So we sent over uh, interview questions. We're going to get them back, and we're going to post them in a text form, and then we will go back and talk about them on the free-to-play cast as well. So whether you like them or not, whether you like where they're going with Legends of Aria, and, and I personally don't, um, maybe new information will sway me, but I don't think it will at this point. I personally don't. Real kudos to them for saying, hey, saw the cast, would love to sit down and chat with you about it. So we'll see. I... I will say that in my typical fashion, as Jason knows, um, one of my questions, the way it was even worded, I did apologize for it sounding negative because I didn't hold back. You know, if you're going to ask to talk, then let's talk. You know, I said, I apologize for this question sounding rather negative, but I think it's a question many would ask. How can a game that failed to capture the required audience to sustain itself already have features and technology that the larger gaming audience has a negative percep perception of added to it and possibly be set up for success? Um, so I, I, didn't, I didn't softball them. No, I, I am professional to Cal, but no, I didn't softball them. I didn't softball them. 
Uh, I also asked things like, duh, 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 duh. there was another one I wanted to hear. Uh, blockchain aside, isn't there something inherently sketchy about a market run by the same company that controls the rarity of many of the items that can be sold on that market? About blockchain and NFT tech in games, while a smaller audience may want games of a pay-to-earn variety, the gaming audience at large has rejected them for a multitude of reasons. Why do you continue to believe this is the right path to take with a new product and with converting products like Legends of Aria? What's your response to the negative impact that this technology currently has on the environment? So, yeah. Um, damn it, where's the one? <laughs> gonna get two of those answered <laughs> I, yeah know, then we do that that happens that happens and you know or what not at all he got one that he didn't get any answers back on yep i don't even remember who it was at this point because i was just like okay and then if i get it back and they've like there are 16 questions i sent them if i get it back with 14 answers you can bet there will be back and forth between me and them on why those two weren't answered and a 90 percent chance that i will not put the entire interview up that's just the way i operate in the back if we make arrangements that you don't want to talk about a certain subject ahead of time, and I say, all right, I acknowledge that you don't want to talk about that, and I am still willing to move forward with the interview because there are other things I do feel we need to talk about, that's fine. If I, you say, hey, let's do an interview, and I send you questions, and you send them back missing, fuck you. <laughs> no. Well, my, favorite, sure. my favorite was the one we got a while back where they were just like, here's the questions you should ask. Oh yeah, where they recommended the questions. Like, <laughs> recommended questions. What? <laughs> um. Oh, to J Jason, I know Jason liked this one. We talked about it. Your team's recent blog said the original Legends of Aria didn't receive the acclaim needed to get the audience it required. Can you clarify that a bit? Since it seems like it could be read as blaming the audience for the game not growing. Would mm. not receiving a claim be the fault of the quality of the game itself? <laughs> that that one was a, a spicy one. I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> a claim? Are you riding on somebody's coattails? Are you blaming people before it's even really out? <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, get it. Oh, this was one of my favorites. I don't know if they'll answer this. Does your or do your relaunch development plans for Legends of Aria depend on new investments, either from private firms or individual players and backers, or is the game fully funded to at least reach its relaunch already? Mm. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. So, Leanda, I like. I hope, as if somebody who is interested in this, I know we got sidetracked there. My apologies. As somebody who is, you like this move. I hope that even these questions uh, are of interest to you, so that you can have more clarity on somebody who's interested in it on how exactly transparent and how behavioral this stuff will end up being. And then for people that aren't interested in it, you know, maybe some of these answers will change their mind and say they're going about it in a slightly different way. And maybe I'll give that game a look. And then some people, you know, maybe it'll cause them to go the other way uh so I, I hope you'll enjoy that we'll see um what happens and how many of those we get answered go ahead q <laughs> i was like wait uh floodstone legends of aria is a lesson learned do not pay for a game that says it's best seen in a mirror their own mirror the mirror we if we are lucky will eventually break under their own self-diagnostic strain as the wall stands 
a plague standing ignorance of failure please be brave and move on so we got both ends of the legend of aria spectrum in some of our feedback this week go ahead anthony (laughs) uh ragadori he says or they say do i have a phone no guess blitz hurt me the bum to high res for doing an insane crossover with slipknot also a bum to high res for dropping the announcement like a week out from release they had presses for the transformers like a month before so it gave me time to save for it also the nine different skins on three gods not like they have over 150 plus guards to choose from yeah it, it came out of nowhere yesterday for us too like normally we get a press release a day or two ahead of time uh you, you know get press some, releases sometimes I, i'm not talking about high res i'm talking about in generally in general okay i was uh, like we never get them yeah I, ever since gabe left high res well that position at high res like we we don't know he PR gave left high res yeah afterwards yeah he totally split but it's gone bad since he left that position too Misfit Rain, debomb to the sun. It finally returned after two months of constant rain. <laughs> Congrats to having your sunshine again. Go ahead, Q. Bregner Catalan. They just threw a number out there for Gidgen Impact Banner. LOL. They could have used 100,000 days. And let's be honest, say your internet went down and nobody could come fix it for you because they were all in lockdown. You'd, of course, be empathizing with them, but at the same time, you'd still be upset that you're not able to go online. People can get upset and be understanding at the same time. Uh, absolutely the most level-headed response I've ever seen, Breckner. You know, I, I, Breckner, I love you. You've been a longtime viewer and commented. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we disagree, and that's cool. We've always been friends about it, but I 100% agree with you. Uh, there are some people that are a bit toxic about Genshin Impact and its delays, but yes, it is absolutely possible to love Final Fantasy XIV and not like something that they do and be vocal about it at the same time. You are right. Question of the week last week. Is there a king or a queen of mobile games for you? What are some things you love or hate about mobile games? G Soundwave says, Marvel Avengers was dead on arrival. Like, I was pumped for it, but played maybe three hours of it and was bored. Hell, the mobile game Marvel Future Revolution is a million times better. A million times better. Go ahead, Q. That Harv guy. I'm digging figure fantasy as it doesn't follow the five game types the majority of mobile games are. It's basically Toy Story with waifus. (laughs) Once you learn how the upgrade system and the rotating events work, it's quite free to play friendly for those of us who want to avoid the cash shop. Okay, wait a minute. What's this called? Figure Figure fantasy. Fantasy. (laughs) Are you going to look at the waifus? Toy Story with waifus. It's the first ever figurine themed idle mobile game. What the hell? (laughs) <laughs> the best 3D idle figurine RPG, the first 3D figurines idle mobile game, Figure Fantasy, has arrived in... St- well, these are certainly waifus. Um, there is no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> these are 100%. Oh, look, it's uh, here's their Facebook page. Yeah, these are definitely waifus. Uh, I don't know what the point of the game is, but, well, maybe I do. But the point of the game is waifus. Yeah, it's waifus. Make a waifu. Jason has offered to do the first look. <laughs> It'll be the first first look on a mobile game we've ever put up. Uh, go, go ahead, Anthony. Uh, Guestly says, no, I don't have a king or queen. Oh, a, a queen or king of mobile games. But in my job, I had time between work slash duty. So I usually listen to podcasts and try out different mobile games. 
I do like to try try them out. Maybe play a few days, delete, or download something new. I just can't sink time into them knowing that pretty much every mobile game is designed around making money from you and crippling gameplay gameplay for free to play to pay players. And I hate games which make you watch ads more than you play the game. So-called an ad trap game. If a game is available on PC, I will always play it on PC. Most played mobile games for me is Pokemon Go. But that game has that social experience to it as well. Yeah, I was actually amazed we didn't see Pokemon Go more on there. And I guess maybe the argument is like Pokemon Go players maybe don't consider it a mobile game. It's kind of mm -hmm. in its own like ARPG or um, augmented reality, an AR game, yeah. augmented reality type thing instead. Uh, Misfit Rain says, it's been hard for me to get into a game on my phone. It's just not the same feel. But I do like playing Raid Shadow Legends. It's an easy AFK type game. My favorite mobile game slash experience is I found a site that has tons of emulators for NES, SNES, and all the systems you can think of, plus a ton of games. I bought a $14 mini SNES lookalike Bluetooth controller, and I'm currently playing one of my favorite games from when I was a kid, Dragon Warrior. Felt like a kid in a candy store flipping through all the games in that list. I even lay in the bed and stream it on my TV. It's so good. Now, what I hate about mobile games is what everyone hates. The aggressive money grabs. Raid is one of the worst. <laughs> the prices are ridiculous, and you will never get to the top or even close if you don't spend money. Glad I just like the game and am not competitive in it. I I love your story about the NES and SNES. Like when I pull those systems out to show my kids different things, I get that same feeling, right? Just holding my real like SNES controllers, the ones I played Super Mario World with on that Christmas day when I got that's ah I'm getting sentimental. Uh, go ahead, Q. <laughs> Windshark. There's not a king of mobile games for me. I used to play mobile games before, but not anymore. There's nothing that I currently love about mobile games, but there is something that I hate, and that's the predatory monetization of the majority of mobile games. Don't ban me says mobile games are inherently trash, but their quality ceiling is severely limited by the hardware and interface involved. That being said, yes, all mobile games are trash in my opinion. I have yet to see one that isn't. I'm not going to ban you. I'm not going to ban you. I'm not a mobile game player either, so there's like a couple I tinker. I like rhythm games, so I've like one installed, and you know, I don't buy any of the tracks or anything. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, Thoverisk, da bomb to Aspen's voice. I know it's a little creepy to say, but I do enjoy her voice quite a bit. Uh, no, that's not creepy. That's not creepy. I, I get uh, compliments on my voice uh, from time to time. I'm sure Anthony, you've got a radio type sounding voice too. I'm sure you do as well. Uh, we will I let do? we will let Aspen know uh, that that you now now if you comment again that that would be creepy. Like once is cool, twice is not. <laughs> twice is not. It's over risk. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it, we'll give her the compliment. You know we love you. Go ahead, Q. Uh, breakaway veins. Yulala Idol Adventure is a fun mobile RPG. Yeah, I actually had to look that one up too. Q, you you kind of like those idle games too. I never like my brain when you were like telling me about different games when you were doing guides or whatever, 
and I, don't I, really I was like, play idle games. No. Oh, I thought you liked those, like even no. ones on Steam and stuff like that. I I've, I've played a couple idle games, but yeah, I don't. I never really stick with them. Like I've tried them out. Oh no, then never mind. Never mind. Is yeah. that the new yeah. thing now? Idle games and mobile. Well, because with idle games, the upside of them is is you don't have to play them. You to play themselves <laughs> while you're doing something else, and you just check in on them. So that's that. Uh, that reminds me of one of those MMO games on mobile where you can press the uh, the tracker button, and it'll send you to go out to go kill the mobs. Oh. Not to do anything. Yeah, go go watch my V4 uh, first look. Absolutely, yep, V4. <laughs> The back half of that first look, I was, I hate my job. Let's get this video done. <laughs> Question of the week this week. All right, let's open that can of worms. Let's just pull the Band-Aid off of it right now. What's your stance on, one, add-ons in general, and two, specifically add-ons in Final Fantasy XIV, since that is where this week's uh, hoopla came from. Let us know in the comments below. While you're there, give us your weekly bombs. Dub bomb for something good, A bomb for something bad in the world of gaming or just in life in general. And if you have question for the panel, be sure to throw it down there. Could be about anything and I'll be sure to bring it to the next show. Until then, Anthony, where can everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter at AntJonesWriter. Um, as of now, different types of content is on hiatus for the time being, but Hopefully next time around, I might have something. Cute. Uh, mostly ignoring Twitter at Quentlin. <laughs> I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there at Magic Man one But more importantly, follow at MMO Bomb so we can tweet at you every time we go live with a stream, podcast, new articles, first look videos, giveaways, interviews, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you on the server. Bye.